Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host, and thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune in today. If you do want to contact me, either with questions or comments, you can contact me at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today, we're taking a look at Exodus chapters 32 through 34. Now, before we jump into chapter 32, I want to remind you that at the end of chapter 24, at verse 17, when Moses is going up the mountain to meet God, it says that the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. Then verse 18 says that Moses was up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Before Moses goes up to the mountain to get the two tablets, how many times did the children of Israel commit to being faithful to the God that brought them out of slavery from Egypt? Three times, three times they say, we will. So chapter 31 ends with God finishing his communication with Moses, which took a little over a month. And then chapter 32, verse 1 says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed the, to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up! Get up! Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. Now keep in mind, they can still see the fire at the top of the mountain. So Aaron says, break off your earrings of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. And they did. Aaron received them at their hand. Aaron fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, these be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. What? It is one thing to say that this calf is the god of the Egyptians, but to say that this calf, which was made by Aaron's hands, was the god that brought them out of the nine plagues and then the tenth plague of death of the firstborn son. This calf was the one who separated the Red Sea so that they could walk on dry land and the Egyptians then drowned when it came back on them. This calf? gives them bread every morning. This calf brings quail for them to eat. This calf brought water out of the rock for them to drink. This golden calf wasn't even made yet. And then to add to this disgrace, Aaron, the priest to be, builds an altar and makes a proclamation and said, tomorrow is the feast to the Lord. To the Lord. They rose up early in the morning. They offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. This is an interesting line. Usually when we fellowship with the Lord, it says, and then they ate and they drank. Here, the people sat down to eat and drink and then rose up to play. Verses 7 through 14, God tells Moses to go down to the people because they have corrupted themselves. The Lord knew exactly what they have done. 
God describes the people as stiff-necked, meaning haughty or stubborn or prideful. Then he says an interesting statement. Now leave me alone, (laughs) that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I consume them, and I will make you, Moses, I will make you a great nation. But thank God Moses did not leave God alone. He basically says, if you destroy them, well, what will the Egyptians say? And then he says, and remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. It's interesting that he doesn't say Jacob like he usually does. Of course, Israel is the name of this nation that's at the foot of this mountain. So remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you gave your word to multiply their descendants and to inherit the land. Verse 14 says, And the Lord repented, or changed his mind, of the harm he thought he'd do to the people. Just a note, the Bible does not portray a fixed universe, but one where prayer can change things. The more I read this passage, the more I see that this is a test for Moses. Will he be the mediator that God has called him to be? And he did. Moses turned. He came down with the two tablets of the testimony and the covenant in his hand. The stones were written on both sides. Verse 16 says the tablets were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tablets. Verse 17, when Joshua heard the noise of the people, he thought they were at war. But then he realized it was not a cry of victory, nor was it a cry of defeat, but it was singing that he heard. Moses and Joshua got down and saw the calf and the dancing. And now it was Moses's anger that was waxed hot. He threw the tablets from his hands and broke them beneath the mount. The broken stones are a symbol of the broken relationship, a broken marriage. Moses took the calf which they made, burnt it in the fire and ground it up into powder and poured it into the water and made them drink it. And then Moses said to Aaron, What did these people do to you that you have brought so great a sin upon them? The responsibility of godly leadership has great consequences. Ladies, we need to pray for our pastors and for Christian leaders all around the world that they will stand for truth and righteousness and not be swayed by the people. Aaron's answer still amazes me. Don't be angry. You know the people are set to mischief. They said, make us gods. I said, bring me gold. And I cast it into the fire, and poof, out came the calf. I like verse 25 in the King James Version because it brings us back to Genesis 3. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies. Naked and ashamed. It's like Adam and Eve. Once they were naked and unashamed, Then they were naked and ashamed. Noah was naked and ashamed. Aaron had made the people naked and now shame. And we see a broken relationship. Moses then drew a line. Whoever's on the Lord's side, let him come to me. 
a choice. The children of Levi came to Moses' side, and they were told by God to slay every male brother, companion, and neighbor that did not choose God. About 3,000 men died. Moses told them to consecrate themselves so that the Lord would bless them. Ladies, God demands to be first in our lives. God is supreme over every other relationship. Verse 30 states that the next day Moses tells them they have sinned greatly and that he will go up to the Lord to make an atonement for their sin. Moses goes before the Lord and asks God to forgive the people. And then he says some amazing words. And if not, then blot me out of your book, which you have written. Ladies, I've never met a Christian leader like that. And I can tell you, I'm not like that. I am much more, well, people get what they deserve. Not Moses. Moses is so much like Jesus here. Willing to die for the sake of others. Now, this is the book of life, which God keeps in heaven. And we see it a lot through Revelation. God says, those who have sinned against me, I will blot out. Now go lead the people to the place I told you. My angel will go before you. But the day I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. And the Lord plagued the people because they made the calf, which Aaron had made. But we do see some mercy here because he did not completely wipe them out. In chapter 33, God tells Moses to get ready to go to the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and to their seed. And God will send the angel, but he won't be coming in the midst of them because they are stiff-necked and God might consume them. But when the people heard it, they mourned and they took off all of their ornaments in obedience. Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it outside the camp and people could go there if they wanted to seek the Lord. When Moses went out to the tabernacle, all the people stood and every man at his tent door until Moses entered the tabernacle. And when he entered, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked to Moses. When the cloud came down, the people worshiped. The Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaketh to a friend, and he turned again into the camp. Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Moses asked God, if I have found grace in your sight. Again, the God of the Old Testament is also a God of grace and a God of mercy. Show me now the way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. God says his presence will go with him and he will give Moses rest. Moses said, we won't go without you. And God says that he will go. Then Moses asks God to show him his glory God says no one can see his face and live, but God says that there's a place up by him that Moses can stand up on a rock and God will pass by and cover him with his hand and then God will remove his hand and Moses will see his backside, but he is not allowed to see his face. 
chapter 34, the Lord tells Moses to cut out the two tablets like the first time, which he broke, and then come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself to me. Moses did exactly that. And the Lord descended in the cloud. The Lord stood with him and the Lord proclaimed his name. He passed by Moses and said, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and children's children unto the third and fourth generations. Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped, and he prayed, O Lord, go among us, pardon our sin, and take us for your inheritance. God agrees to make a covenant, and I will do marvels, and people will see the work of the Lord, for it is a terrible and fearful thing that I am going to do with you. They are to observe God's commands. They take heed and not make a covenant with the people of the land. They are to destroy their altars. They are to break their images. They are to cut down their groves and worship only the Lord, for I am jealous. They are to keep the feast of unleavened bread, which is tied to the Passover. And all the firstborn of their sons shall be redeemed, and no one shall appear before the Lord empty-handed. They are to keep the Sabbath, six days work, seventh day rest, even in the earning times and the harvest times. Number three, keep the feast of the week, which is the first fruits of the wheat harvest. Number four, keep the feast of ingathering at the end of the year, which is around the grape season. Three times a year, these three times, the men are to appear before the Lord, the God of Israel. God will cast out the nations and increase Israel's borders. Moses wrote down the Lord's words and again he was with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't eat bread or drink water. He wrote on the tablets the words of the testimony, the Ten Commandments. When Moses came down, the skin on his face shone. Aaron and the people were afraid to come near. Moses called the rulers to himself and then all the children of Israel came And Moses gave them the commandments of the Lord. When Moses spoke to the people, he put a veil over his face because his face shone and it made the people afraid. But he would take it off when he went back inside and spoke with the Lord. In the New Testament, Paul the Apostle writes about this story in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul says that he and his teammates have become ministers of the New Testament. Not the testament that Moses had, which became the Old Testament because now we have a New Testament and this New Testament is not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved in stones, was glorious so that they couldn't even see Moses' face, how much more the ministry of the Spirit will be more glorious. And because of this, we have hope. 
Paul continues by saying, when Moses is read, that Old Testament, the veil is upon their hearts. Why? Because they're unable to keep it. But when they turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we, with unveiled faces, look as in a glass. We are being changed into that same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Ladies, where are you today? Are you trying to be good enough for God by obeying the rules? Are you a stiff-necked, stubborn woman wanting nothing to do with God? Are you like Moses, wanting to see God's glory? Or are you on the journey with God, being changed from glory to glory? In other words, are you becoming more like God every day? The Old Testament is put into the Ark of the Covenant, but the mercy seat is above it. And because of Jesus and his sprinkled blood, we have access through the Spirit of God. Today, ladies, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't be stiff-necked. Let's be women who obey and women who are being changed from glory to glory. Until next time.